Thanks for joining us for the Hospitality Hangout, a hospitality-focused podcast where the founders of branded hospitality ventures share their insights and bring technology and innovation leaders that are making things happen in the industry we love. My name is Jimmy Frischling, otherwise known as the Finance Guy. I'd like to introduce my partner, Mr. Michael Schatzberg, otherwise known as the Restaurant Guy. Thanks for the introduction, Jimmy. To all those listening, feel free to call me Schatz. Together, we are the personality behind branded strategic hospitality. We work at the intersection of hospitality, technology, food service, innovation, and capital. Thank you, Shatsy. For the month of August, we are taking a break from our usual interview episodes and bringing you the best of well, Jimmy, season. Jimmy, you're going on vacation. Well, I, I mean, you have to tell everybody I was going on vacation. I mean, I got, I got to get a little camp, break. Aren't you going to camp for a little bit? I'm going, to the, I'm going up to the Adirondack Mountains. Yeah. Take a break. Go camp. We tell everybody where you going. I'm going to the Brant Lake camp. Brant Lake camp, That's right. Living my, living my glory days. Living my best seven. Self. When you were seven, you started? Started when I was eight. Eight years old. Eight years still old. Still going back. At, how old are you that year? Uh, 54. And you haven't missed a year since. Haven't missed a year. <laughs> haven't missed a year. It's, it's a wonderful place, I tell you. All right, listen, we are bringing you the best of season for all your favorite segments. We're bringing back the best of old favorites, such as Top of the Tech Stack and Which Came First, as well as Tried and True Favorites, Talking Back, and the Crystal Ball Moment. And, of course, we can't leave out the most popular segment, in case you haven't heard Chats talk about it or read any of his LinkedIn stuff. The most popular segment, according to Shatsy, the branded quick fire. And by the way, Jimmy, that is not me. That's Nielsen. That's Nielsen. That's they Nielsen. said that is number one highest rated segment on all podcasts throughout the entire world. No, that's Bob Nielsen, your doorman. That's who's telling you that. Bob Nielsen. No, it's Bob Nielsen. Maybe it's just Nelson. But listen, today's episode features a best of crystal ball moment. This segment is a chance for all of our guests to put on their Kreskin or Miss Cleo hat and predict the future. Usually I say it, the future, the future. But before we get into it, no joke. Totally serious. How lucky are we? We have a very special guest today here in our studio who literally predicts the future. And this wasn't planned, Jimmy. Well, it was a little planned. I mean, well, I didn't know it coming this in. Wasn't planned. It was a little planned. Oh. I mean, it's not like he just showed up. I thought he did. I think he's randomly he walked knew. by two. He's th- for crying out Well, I guess he just showed up. But listen, we are, Shatz and I, and the entire branded team are honored to introduce the man himself. Who I have literally referenced in every single episode of the Hospitality Hangout. Please allow me to introduce the amazing Kreskin. Mark. Kreskin, please take a moment to introduce yourself. We are thrilled to have you here. This is Kreskin. I'm, I'm excited to be here. By the way, folks, I have to tell you this with full integrity and honesty. These two gentlemen have not been drinking. They're not on drugs. <laughs> and they are obviously not taking any psychotherapy from any psych... You guys are two characters that I think are absolutely fascinating. You're that's that's Kreskin saying that to yeah, me. Yeah. But, you know, the other thing the other thing i got to warn you about is, and uh, everyone knows this because all over the world, I've, uh, as of uh, before the pandemic hit, the, uh, the airline industry announced that I had flown so far three and one half million miles, which is more so almost any pilot in existence on the face of the earth. I could tell you endless stories and what have you. But the interesting thing is that we are, and and, and this is why I think that your program is very, very appropriate in what you're analyzing, not only the way people are eating food, but the way food is being advertised and so forth. I have a very serious hearing problem, as you will see in some motion pictures coming up in the not-too-distant future. I've been called in on 150 crime cases, and mainly 
to be brought into a room in which the mafia has been meeting and communicating while people are playing slot machines and pinball machines because my hearing is so strong, I can hear in a room where dining is taking place 12 conversations at once. I can hear whispers under almost any conditions. So that, 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 that being the case, when I've sat in uh, recently in Allentown, Pennsylvania, uh, the, 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 uh, at this medical affair, these two doctors came over to me and I said, oh, I know you from some police work. They said, Kreskin, don't you remember last year we called you in, we said the mafia is meeting in, in this pinball place and they all know who we are. They know the men, women, they know the men, the detectives. Could you perhaps listen in? The thing was as noisy as can be, but I was able to extract the, the 44 minutes of conversation. So my life's been interesting. And hearing these guys shout at each other <laughs> was, a, was an unbelievable emotional awakening, I want to tell you. Emotional you know, awakening. Reading, by the way, I dare not. And I want to warn you folks this. I dare not read their thoughts in public. Other than that, I'm thinking, <laughs> <laughs> you know what? If we can't laugh at ourselves in this day and age, we are in gigantic. I laugh at Jimmy all the time. You got it. I, I agree, I agree I with Shatz. I laugh at me all the time, too. But I, I do think you're right. Um, at guests and many uh, Gen Y, Gen Z, Alpha, what they want and expect from a venue, a hospitality venue, is very different than what you want and expect, what I and Shatz want and expect. Right. Uh, you know, having a talented staff and engaging hospitable staff, that is not necessarily what a, um, let's say, a, a Gen Y or Gen Z may want because they want to order uh, with their devices because they don't want to engage in the discussion. It's a very different segment of the market. And the fact is we as uh, as restaurant operators and owners are going to have to basically deliver value to the guest where they're at. Well, if they want it through a device, we got to deliver it through a device. Well, I always like those restaurants that have uh, – uh, a, a box or a bag you have to put your phones in yes uh, at the table that would be you wonderful you can't have at the table well that's what's going on on broadway now you walk into a broadway show yeah. you can, they you they take your device put it in a bag it's sealed i love and they it. unlock it at the end i don't but, need but you know what the, the, you know, i want to tell you something i've seen something happen as because i'm traveling constantly obviously and performing all all kinds of audiences when i enter restaurants i'm seeing a very hopeful dramatic change the owners of some very fine restaurants are there are sitting there are they're there. sitting there in a chair when people come in and they'll simply smile acknowledge it and if someone wants to say something further they'll converse this is a good sign because with We've got to reawaken yep. our communication. It's a great point, and I agree with you. I've noticed that quite a bit. Is that where interesting? The, where the owners are there, I, I, I swear I've noticed it. Particularly at some of our favorite neighborhood joints, they are there with with conviction and presence, and their presence is felt. And by the way, it's appreciated. The place yes, operates is. better when they're there. So, Shatsy, get your butt back in the store. <laughs> I was trying. I was. I was. Oh right. my! Was, oh, I'm about to go there. By the way, folks, you just I, 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 I read people's thoughts, but you can. You can understand that I'm observing the warmth between the two of them. It, the warmth is a combination of uh, dramatic hatred and love. No, you, you, guys, <laughs> you guys get along very, very well, and I like it. I appreciate that. Because so, if we can't laugh at ourselves, we're in damn trouble. I agree. I agree. So, so Mr. Kress, Kreskin. Just Kreskin. Just Kreskin. As I mentioned earlier, we have asked every, I think almost every single guest to put on their, your Kreskin hat yeah. and predict the future as it relates to hospitality and technology. And I now have the privilege to ask you 
the same question. Well, so where do you see let's discuss, hospitality let's discuss, tech? Yeah, let's yep. discuss some technology that's going to enter our uh, rooms and our eating places in the next six months to nine months from what they tell me and say, Kreskin, can you hold back and not go into greater detail? We're learning by just the color of people's, what people see in color in other people. We're learning how they're thinking, what their tastes are, and we're going to be able to judge the kind of food that they want by just the color that's being fed back that can be observed by machinery that's tapping into the eyes and the brains of human beings. That's how strong the technology is going to be. I don't, I'm not thrilled with something like that because I'd rather people just say how they feel about something, mm -hmm. express themselves and what have you. But that technology is on the verge of, not just in, not just in, in communist China, yes, they do expect to take over the United States within 16 to 18 more years. That, there's no question that they want to do. But, but the technology is unbelievable how far they're going to go when you're being simply spoken to and they see a redness and they say, that's the kind of, we got to think of that kind of food. That kind of food will, will bring this into the picture. It's our, our, our lives are changing because of technology. So it is an artificial intelligence yes, on steroids, you're saying, because yes. it is going to leapfrog from predictive oh, yeah, analytics. Oh, yeah. It's, well, that's amazing. I, I have to tell you, I, I don't want to think about it. It's, it's, not, it's not far it's off. Not far off. Why not? It's not, I mean, it's not far off. When you're on Instagram and, and, and they know what sneakers you want, they know what, I mean, yes. based on all of your purchasing habits, and they show you things. I mean, so it, it stands to reason they should know, they know your eating habits. So when but, I sit down at a restaurant, they're just going to bring me food. But you know, you know the, the interesting We talked about that. You know, <laughs> the most interesting about life, if you talk to certain people, uh, some of them are rediscovering a secret that was known for decades and hundreds and hundreds of years. And that is when a, a boy or a gal discusses uh, someone they're in love with or someone they're going with or something they ate and what have you. And a discussion was given. The person later on, when they got a chance, got to themselves and sat in a chair and just reflected on the conversation. People are not reflecting anymore. Yeah, I, um, I will tell you that remote work um, the, oh, yeah. so much happens when the meeting is done before people separate. That's right. But if you're on a zoom call, you're on a video call, when the call goes dark, it's over, it's done. All that banter that would have taken place because you were present in the same room is lost. And oh, yeah. I think about the most well, meaningful like things. The yeah. I think about the moments. most meaningful pivotal moments oh, of yeah. my career. They were all chance encounters. It was just being there at a bar, at a restaurant, oh, yeah. at a hallway, in a hotel. Yep. I just negotiated the past, restroom. The, past 20, restroom. the past 24 hours. We don't know where in New York we're going to do this. But I want to show how powerful the spelling of one's names can be because I'm going to paralyze in public some 30 to 60 people so that they will be collapsing to the ground, unable to speak and move. And this is not going to be a permanent damage of any kind. But the excitement, the bids coming in from companies everywhere, question, can you do it in our area? But it may be done outdoors because uh, we'd like to make it 60-some people. 60-some people going to collapse. They will collapse, yes. They, I, will, they, I will paralyze them. Oh. Seriously paralyze them. Can Jimmy and I pick the 60 people? <laughs> <laughs> well, wait a minute. There's only one problem. It, it, can only, it requires a certain 
intellectual IQ, and I'm not sure it could work with two people that I'm talking. No, I'm only kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I, I resemble that remark. I, res I mean, I resent that. No, I resemble no, that remark. No, I res no, I resemble no, it. no. Reason no I, re that. I resemble it. I resemble <laughs> the remark. But the mind is the, is the most fascinating thing. And I, uh, I, as, I, I as, you, as you know, I've traveled, I've traveled the world. My career, uh, you know, after doing 88 Carson shows, and he used to sit after each show and he'd say, how can you work? In, in, in Japan, when they don't even speak English, and you're able to read their thoughts, but that's that's a whole technique in itself. You know? I love it. I love All it. Right, well, listen, Jimbo, this was absolutely incredible. Where did the time go? Having Creston here <laughs> this, with us. This was a privilege, and, and really, thank you. I mean, it's just unbelievable. And the insights, by the way, into the technology and the future of dining that you will literally sit in a restaurant and they will bring you food yes, based you on yes on on colors and things that they already know about you and it will be what Jimmy wants is what you're saying. I doubt it. I just, I, I can't imagine with, with everyone else, but not Jimmy. I find it won't work with Jimmy. I'm know? in trouble because what I want and what I probably order are sometimes different. I but what I want, I want, steak, I want the broccoli. Right. I, I want the steak. I want the French fries with the extra French fries and cheese on top of the French fries. What I'm, what I'm going to order is the salad with dressing on the side. You know, yes. the, good, the good thing is that you haven't asked about any uh, special events in my career and what have you, because now usually when I'm sitting down, they'll say, but tell us one of the craziest things that ever happened to you. But I would say one of the craziest things is my spending the last 20 minutes with two characters that I I don't think in the years that I was studying clinical psychiatry I ever met before. These are good guys. <laughs> They're interesting guys. Talking about Jimmy. <laughs> By the way, I'll, I'll take it that we went, we, he gave us interesting because if he would have looked just a little one layer before, earlier, man, he, he'd, be calling, he'd be calling the police officer. Get out of here. <laughs> Kraskin, this was a true uh, honor and privilege, and we so appreciate not everything, that, not just what you've done, but the fact that you would grace us, grace us with your presence. We really have referenced and, and, and talked well, about you in every episode, and I this is a real it. treat, and we appreciate let's, it. Let's just say this, because I, I say this in all my interviews around the world. I don't say goodbye anymore. I simply say, in the spirit of broadcasting, to be continued. To be continued. I love that. Thank you, sir. Appreciate to you. be continued. The amazing Kreskin on the hospitality, awesome. on the hangout. That's pretty good. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. Thanks, everybody. Wow, Jimmy. I can't believe we just had the amazing Kreskin here in person, in B-Words, in the office. It's big. It's big. I mean, what a surprise that was. See, that guy knew that we were doing this. He just he showed up. Hey, he just, just showed, showed up. up. What are the chances? That's why he's the amazing Kreskin. That's why he's the amazing Kreskin. Look, you know what? Where's Cleo? Where's this Cleo? Where's this Miss Cleo? Yeah, where's it? Yeah, where's Miss Cleo? Next season. Next season. Next season. Okay, listen. I got to tell you something, Jimmy. You know, we had over 83 guests looking back at our podcast, how many guests we had, and all the incredible predictions. It seems the overarching theme, Jimmy, if you remember, I mean, really. We jumped into this podcast in the midst of the pandemic. And, and all of our guests predicted that dining rooms would, would make a triumphant return and customers will, uh, will make up for lost time and just travel and, and, and dining out will just explode. That certainly happens. It's happening. I mean, you can't get Heathrow Airport area, they shut it down. There's too many people coming there. Too much luggage. Too much luggage. <laughs> too much luggage. Yeah, Malfi Coast, you can't even drive. There's too many people. Uh, restaurants, you can't get reservations. 
I mean, so that definitely happened. We're back, baby. What's the other? Another one. Uh, ghost kitchen and virtual kitchens. Everyone predicted that we would see a proliferation of that. We're seeing a lot. I have to say we are seeing a lot of that. We also predicted there'd be a lot of money made and lost in that space. And guess what? A lot of money's being made and lost in that space. 100%. And we also, we also said that the people that would probably do the best in the virtual space were the restaurant operators themselves. And we just spoke to... Uh, to John Payton, CEO of Dime Brands. Numbers are up, big Q1 numbers. Big, and he said that his his uh, virtual brands are killing it, right? He's got the wing, cosmic wings. He's got the uh, the thrilled cheese. You made fun of me that I that you explained that you explained that thrilled cheese. Explained that thrilled cheese was your grilled cheese. Our audience may not have got that, Jimmy. <laughs> Again, you're taking a shot at the audience. Very young audience. They don't know <laughs> that kind of stuff. I think we also talked about casual dining and and fast casual dining and and. The lines would start getting blurred. A lot of people saying the lines would get a little blurred between casual dining and fast casual and, and quick serve and all that kind of stuff. So I think that's um, off-premise continues to grow. And that's certainly getting blurred because some of the best restaurants are doing a lot of delivery. I think the theme that, that we put forward very early on that is, is absolutely playing out is optionality. Um, this is an incredibly fragmented industry, the most fragmented industry I've ever seen. Um, and it's not a one size fits all. So once off prem and the technology, you know, you're not putting the, uh, the genie back in the bottle. There are those who are going to continue to engage um, with restaurants and never walk in a restaurant, never even speak to the restaurant. And there's a lot of enthusiasm to return to dining. That That's true. Um, we're seeing bodegas and, and grocery marts all of a sudden become great grab and go and, 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 and takeaways. So there is so much. Markets have kitchens yep. doing a, a virtual brands. At Co- colleges, colleges and universities are using their excess kitchen capacity that in, back in my day, this cafeteria closed very early and you had to go fend for yourself somewhere in town. Now they're using those facilities, bringing brand names, it is look. It, the the industry is, as we like to say, uh, nothing has changed, but everything has been accelerated, and I think that is absolutely playing out. And here's here's where I get a little bit of trouble. We're still in the early innings. Tech, if this is not this story is not played. It is playing out, and we're in the early innings as we try to figure out just how yeah. much tech is going to impact the way in which people um, dine, experience, and enjoy food and beverage. We're only in season eight of our podcast. Season okay. 96. Mid-innings. We're in the mid-innings. From what I just checked <laughs> with my agent, our contract, Jimmy, I don't know if you know this, our contract, we are contract for 185 seasons. Oof. So we're only in season eight. So we've got a lot of work. Got a lot of work to do. So, yeah, this is early innings. Early innings. Early innings. <laughs> I think we should shorten the season. We'll get there faster. Two episodes per season. Oh, we'll get there geez. really fast. I, tell you, I, I looked at my royalty check. Very small. Very small. It's FICA. Did you get your check? It's FICA. Did you get it's FICA? It's the taxes. The tax, taxes. 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 All right. Listen. Um, I want to kick off with the best uh, of with our guest. Mr. Brian Anton, Managing Director at City, Citibank. Brian was the first guest to ever get the official crystal ball moment. So in the spirit of having the amazing Kreskin, I'm kicking off the best of with our guest, Brian Anton, the first crystal ball moment. I got Here we go. And Jimmy, am I there? The best looking guest we ever had. Oh, you crazy? Crazy? You crazy? Best the best looking first guest with, with the, uh, the crystal ball moment? Best looking first guest crystal ball moment with dark hair. Because, by the way, we have a special guest co-host coming up. And I got to tell you, I got to defend. Better looking than Anton? I got to tell you, my daughter says we've got Thor. Thor is coming up on the episode, on right. the show today. Let's kick it off. All right, let's kick it off. Here you go, Brian. Take it away. 
where do you see restaurants and dining in two years from now in relationship to finance and technology? So I think as most things in life, most stuff ends up being a little more incremental than folks think, right? So I know that everybody today, you know, is spending an extraordinary amount of time consuming food and beverages and hospitality, call it off-premise, right? Whether that's in your home or outside or with friends or whatever people are doing, I do think people are going to get back to dining. And the reason I say that is, and we touched on this earlier, I actually think experiences are going to be even more valuable two years from now than they are today. And the reason is just quite simply people's pent up demand. People's behavior will shift. I will probably you know, travel a bit less. You guys may shift some of your behaviors. I'm still going to get on a plane. You're still going to do you know, a lot of what you did before on the margin. There's always winners and losers, right? Mm-hmm. But from a restaurant perspective, I think people are going to want to be with their friends mm-hmm. and eating you know, terrific food and sharing experiences even more than they did before. And so the question is, you know, what is the form factor of that? <clears throat> What's the price point? Where's the real estate? And how do people engage you know, with these restaurants? So I think the short answer is you know, a lot of sort of the same brands of businesses as before. I think a number of them, unfortunately, are going to go away and have started to go away just given capital structures and more exogenous you know, factors of, of balance sheets and, and can't survive. But I do think you know, they're going to be there forever. I will also say, you know, at the same token, as we mentioned, value and convenience and technology is going to be even more important. And so mm-hmm. I think the one critical difference in a high-end dining experience, for example, is those friction points whether it's around health or some, you know, obviously speed, those will shift. So what do I mean by that? You know, probably, you know, very few, you know, physical menus printed. An ability to just walk your tap on a phone, right, and prepay and just walk out and you've paid already, right? The menus, obviously, as we just said, you know, on your phone. Next guest, Andrew Smith. Talk about great hair. Managing director and co-founder of the Savory Fund. Another great episode, Jim. Great episode. Great hair. All right. Let's let Andrew kick it off. In two years from now, how do you see restaurants, uh, the dining experience, uh, as you think about finance, tech, and just overall hospitality? But two years out, uh, what do you think we're going to be seeing uh, across these different verticals? Again, finance, tech, and hospitality in general. So this is what I'm going to tell you in, in more of maybe a story format. And when I say story format, very, very quickly. My imagination kind of runs wild with what I think the future is going to become now because we've gone through this pandemic and this, even pre-pandemic, the time that it was an oversaturated market, people were just throwing up stores just to throw them up and get unit count, but they really didn't have a good infrastructure, a good foundation that they were building upon. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of those restaurant brands that were kind of hanging on by their nail tips anyway, I think that those are the ones that we're seeing shutter because they just didn't have a good foundation. So I think moving forward, I think we're going to see companies with better foundations, better tech stack, um, more of a touchless uh, a system that we're all in right now and going to. I think that the world of tech is going to be revolutionary in this industry to where um, the experiences that we're having today are going to be completely different in the future. We're, we're going to be able to go in and sit down at a table and have it bump to the kitchen and have the kitchen bring out my hot meal and not really have to have as much interaction with people or the, the, the payment interaction. I think that's all going to completely go away here in the next couple of years. But I will say this, though, with, with even food quality um, having kind of a revolution of better quality ingredients and more flavor and even more foreign flavors coming into the U.S., which have been very, very popular in the last few years, I think that's going to continue. Mm-hmm. But I will say this on the experience side. 
I believe that we are human creatures and that we're social creatures. And even though we can get on this call and do a podcast or we can do Zoom meetings until we're all dead, it's not something that we all enjoy. We're doing it because it's functional. But I believe, mm-hmm. uh, Jimmy and Shatsy, if we could sit down across the table and have a meal, break bread, and talk about this, we would prefer that always over doing any of this technology stuff. You're making so me I crazy believe, right now. That's what yeah, I'm yearning for. It's making everybody crazy. And so I believe <laughs> that we all want to get back to that. And I actually think in two years, I think this market's going to be thriving more so than it ever has because it always does. If you go, go back in 2008, 2009, it was awful. Mm-hmm. Although between 2009 and 2013, guys, those were my best years of my first kind of chapter in the food and beverage industry. Mm-hmm. It was thriving. Things were exciting. People forgot about the recession. They forgot about them losing their homes or their retirement. They were back enjoying in a restaurant, breaking bread with their friends and family and loved ones and business partners across the table and having that experience. And I believe we're going back to that. All right. Next up on my hit list, Kimberly Grant. She is currently the global head of restaurants and bars for the Four Seasons Hotels and Resorts. At the time of the episode, she was working at Fast Acquisition Group. Kimberly, you're up. How do you see restaurants and dining two years from now in relation to online ordering and hospitality in general? So I didn't take you too far out of the future, but two years and things change quickly in our, in our world. So two years out, dining, uh, online ordering and hospitality in general. Yeah, well, I, I think that we've already started to see a preview. You know, one of the things that has become evident is that companies that have had already established other revenue generating channels prior to the crisis were able to take advantage of it. They weren't scrambling to create, you know, online ordering or delivery platforms and what have you because they had already started or were, you know, you know, deeper into the initiative and, and they were able to kind of double down on it. But I do think that you know, two years from now, there's going to be continued more blurring that's going to happen in the industry. And it's not just going to be, you know, this fast casual blurring with casual dining or casual dining blurring with with uh, casual plus or fine dining. It's going to be where the boxes are blurring. So if you think about how a food hall today has quick serve, limited serve, full serve, uh, online takeout, uh, meal kit, it, it kind of had this kind of diverse uh, business model. I think you're going to start to see that in other types of outlets, whether it be in uh, theaters or in uh, sports entertainment complexes, or you see that in uh, hotels. I think the traditional model of having your three meal restaurant, your your bar in the lobby, and your room service those are going to get blurred, and and people are going to need different solutions because of you know not just health and safety, but also the, the changes that are going to happen in travel and business meetings and, and what have you. So I, I think that's really where two years from now, we're going to see where the lines are going to blur in how we consume and, and source our, our, our nourishment and our experiences. Britta Rosenheim, one of the best guests ever, partner at Colterra Capital. Take it away. How do you see uh, restaurants, Britta, and dining two years from now in relation to the hospitality uh, and tech scene? Well, you set me up really well with with the end of your your last answer. It's what we do here at the podcast. We want everyone to look great. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it it was perfect because I totally agree on the off-premise lens. 
Um, and so I think digital loyalty is really one of the last avenues for operators to actually own their own customer. Um, you know, like to your point, you're, you, you can't have a, a physical in-person relationship, then how do you manage uh, that relationship with your customer? So, and how do you have a strong digital loyalty platform? You have to have a strong omni-channel uh, ordering and delivery platform and get that first party data so you can actually um, have you can actually manipulate the data in, in a um, in a way that you can create meaningful relationships with your customers, talk to them, upsell them, um, and uh, continue to engage them uh, through your own channels. So I think that that is critical. Um, that's still on the nice to have list, I think, for many operators right now, and it needs to be a need to have. Um, so that's where I'll pound the table on that one. Um, pound to the I table. The other, the other... Pound to the table. <laughs> Customer engagement. You, I got to tell you, you're so in sync. I couldn't agree with you more. <laughs> you got to be able to talk to your customers. Yeah, I think. And so just with that continued growth of off-premise, I think, again, echoing what you said, I think there's going to be even more blurring of lines between what even a restaurant is, right? Is restaurant meal, is it prepared from a grocer, from a meal provider, from a retailer, from a delivery operator themselves? Where is this food coming from? Um, I do think trust um, is going to become an issue because, you know, you go on uh, any of, you know, the third party uh, market. Yeah, are they making now. that soup in the bathtub of their house? Right. No, sincerely. <laughs> like I, I look, I'm like, OK, this is a new restaurant that just popped up. Is there really a new restaurant or is I have to look? I look at the address. You know, I'm the psycho who, you know puts the address in and says, is there another restaurant here? Like, are you trying to trick me? You know, what you is going on here? you got to go to Google here? Maps and see. And I you know. look well, at it, it's like, yeah, it's an auto body shop. Exactly. You're like, wait a minute. <laughs> but they make a killer ramen. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. yeah no, I mean, you bring so- a card, you get an oil change. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so happy I get to be the one to introduce our next guest, the legendary Robert Earl of Earl Enterprises and Virtual Dining Concepts. All right, Mr. Earl, you're lucky you got me because Shatsu would have done can it. I, can I do my Robert impression or am I allowed to do that? I don't think you're allowed to do that. It was 1965. I was at the... What, what hotel was that? Savoy. The Savoy Hotel. Paul McCartney walked in. They can't tell you that story. I'll be cute. <laughs> All right, Robert. So Elton John came into the room the house in 1974. All right, Robert, you do you now. You're up. Mr. Earl, how do you see restaurants and dining two years from now in relation to hospitality and technology? Um, I think that they're going to be a little more impersonal, sadly. Um, I, I think that all of these robotics that are occurring are going to come out in a consumer-facing manner as well. Um I went to see one the other day and um, watched them load up the robot in the trial and bring it over to the table. Um, so I think that whilst we're going to have perhaps more efficient, speedier operation, that we're going to lose a lot of the personal interaction because people don't want to work in our tough industry, because the restaurateurs are being asked to pay money that they can't afford whilst keeping the prices at a competitive level. I think that technology is going to be there to make it more efficient, but I think quite a bit more impersonal. And it's something that we we need to be 
um, um, aware of, um, I, I think that there's going to be a continuation of more different foods aggregated in a way for us to experience them instead of us being segmented and just going to a steakhouse or just doing that or in the delivery case we are planning that all of our brands will be on an aggregator app closing out the best of jimmy i gotta tell you i have the privilege of closing out with brian solar gm of restaurants at square great friend kick it off mr solar Brian, how do you see restaurants and dining just two years from now in relation to hospitality and tech? All right. So I, mean, I think I think a couple of things, you know, I'm going to split it into two categories. I think there's uh, FSR side and the QSR side. So the QSR side, I, you know, I think, I think it was like 2019 was the first year that the amount of dollars spent outside of the house surpassed those spent inside the house. So, you know, grocery spending was now a minority of the spending. And so, you know, especially when you look at like the younger generations, they want to spend, they want to eat out, right? And and not all, no, not everybody's made of money. And so like, you know, what you end up happening, what ends up happening is folks end up kind of moving towards this commodity type experience where cost matters a lot. But I think one of the things that we're going to see in the next two years is obviously you got to be able to make a good chicken sandwich. You got to be able to, you know, do the basics. But if you look at what like Starbucks and Chick-fil-A and some of these other folks have done, I mean, they've brought technology in and made convenience a really big part of the package. And so what I think we're going to see is a lot of independents are going to need to step up their game on the convenience and the ordering and the experience from a QSR standpoint just to be able to compete. I mean, you know, I think restaurants are going to figure out status. I think they're going to figure out that, like, not every customer should be treated the same. I'm, uh, that actually brings me to the second point, which is, especially on the FSR side, I think the expectations of the experience of understanding your customer and making it special for them and understanding that they're coming back, all of that is about to get elevated. And for, for restaurants to do that, they need data. Because, you know, I, I think that the stat is um, in the restaurant industry, it's about over 100% turnover over the last year. You know, folks are bouncing between, and historically, I think restaurants were like, oh, like, Hey, Hank, come on over here. Who's our best customer? And, you know, they describe old Mr. Smith who comes in on Saturdays or whatever. But now, I mean, there's so many folks coming in and, you know, you all have invested in, you know, Ovation's a great company, you know, looking at this, you know, Young Pingo, there's all the feedback parts of it. But there's also, you know, the customer profiles, like what is it that people are actually yes. trying to do? Um, big believer that that's, it's going to make the diners experience better. It's going to make the restaurants smarter. So... That was awesome. That was a lot of fun. Memory lane. Memories. All right. To our listeners, we want to thank you so much for taking the time to tune in. We know there are hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there. And the fact that you choose to, choose to hang out with us is something we always value and appreciate. We hope you enjoyed the best of episode and we hope you can tune into them all. Uh, if you haven't done so already, please subscribe to our podcast. So you don't miss out on any of the exciting guests coming up in the future or better yet, invite a friend to hang out with us the next time. Till then, Jimmy Frishing, your finance guy, passing it back to Shatsy. Restaurant guy, a.k.a. Shatsy, signing off. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. Cheers.